Hello and welcome to the Balancing Act podcast for working mums. Here you can find the tools and inspiration you need to overcome the constant juggle and live with more simplicity, ease and fulfilment in your everyday. I'm your host, Debbie, a balance coach and a working mum myself, and I'm super happy to be here with you. Hello, welcome to episode number 31 of the Balancing Act podcast. As always, it is wonderful to have you here. Thank you very much for tuning in. This week, I have another uh, fabulous guest interview to share with you. This time it is with Helen McNutt of Mother of Copy. Helen is an experienced freelance copywriter who has combined her passion for writing with her experience in motherhood. Uh, And she now teaches working mums with small businesses to write their own copy. The conversation that we have is a fun and vibrant one. And we cover so many things um, from copywriting to motherhood, to the school farm that Helen now lives on. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Let's dive in. Very, very warm welcome to the podcast, Helen. It is wonderful, wonderful to have you here. Um, I know we've been planning this for a little while and it's, I'm so excited about the conversation. So maybe just to start off with, um, you could start by telling us a little bit about your own balancing act and, and what, what your juggle looks like just now. Okay, hi, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here too. <laughs> um, okay, so I've worked as a freelance writer for 17 years as a copywriter and feature writer. Um, what I'm doing at the moment is teaching other mums how to do their own copywriting. Um, I've got three kids of my own. What brought me to that point was realising actually that everything about motherhood affects everything about writing including copywriting, from the time you have available to your self-confidence, to your identity, to your routines, it all massively, massively affects your writing and what you can do. Um, I've got three kids of my own, age nine, six and four. Um, And at the moment, my balancing act is all over the place, (laughs) to be totally honest. Um, I've, we've just had, so we've had a week of half term, a week of being back at school. And now this is the second week of being back in term time. And it's the school terms and holidays that have the biggest effect on my balancing act, I suppose. Um, I got a text from my phone this morning saying that productivity last week, as opposed to the week before, which was half term, was up 194%. (laughs) (laughs) statistics never lie (laughs) which just goes to show what happens um in half term I did a free um a freebie I guess you call it last summer for mums who wanted to find three hours of writing time a day to themselves during lockdown during the summer holidays and I stuck to that myself I thought well I can't advise people how to do that without sticking to it myself and it worked out brilliantly I was very very um disciplined and I got up at 540 most days because I knew that if I didn't do that over the course of the whole summer things would just go completely to the wall um and it was great and we were so much happier as a family as a whole because of it by the end because I'd stuck to that guide but when there's only like a week's half term things do tend to um to slide because and also I just want to be with my kids so that you know 
over six weeks, it's nice to have a little break from them mm. and go off and do some writing and do some work. And you can't go six weeks without working anyway. Um, but for sure, it's the smaller, the shorter holidays always, yeah, they're just a mess <laughs> in terms of work anyway. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there is a lot, there's a lot going on there. I could really, I can feel it. Um, and ah. yeah, and, and always, I love, one thing I love about working with mums is like, I think mums, like it never ceases to amaze me how much mum squeeze into their day yes. and like yes it's definitely no exception there and um I guess yeah maybe the first thing I wanted to ask you about was about what you said about um you've decided to to work specifically with mums in your, your copywriting and um because you see motherhood becoming like such a big part of your identity and it, it does it infiltrates into like every aspect of your life yeah. doesn't it yeah no it really does I think like before I had my kids, I'd, um, you know, I'd read lots of like books and things, and I had like this idea built up of what it would like to be a mum. And I was like determined I didn't want to be like a, a I'm using air quotes here, like a mumsy mum. <laughs> so I like resisted bits of it for so long. And then like after a while, it was like, it just felt like it was all encompassing. Like it was like embracing all the parts just felt so much like better and easier and like making it a part or like accepting it as a part of my entire identity I would say yeah it's really then when the shift came so like I love it takes years to get there doesn't it yeah 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 I still don't feel like I've probably I'm like totally adjusted but yes you're right um but I love like now I can see motherhood as being like an absolute superpower rather than something to be you know to like like I think for a long time I was almost like fighting against it in some ways um but yeah so in that respect your business is quite unique um so how how did you come to start it uh, um the the way that it started was last summer when all my copywriting work just completely stopped I thought well what can I because of lockdown um what can I do instead and I just randomly stumbled upon this idea of online courses and I didn't even know that they were a thing I just hadn't even thought about it um and I started creating one for creative writing for mums and some mums did it and they really liked it but what tended to happen was they would say I'd like this in a business context. I'd like to use this for copywriting um, because I'm running my own business. Um, and I didn't really think anything of it at the time. Um, and then it was where you and I met during this, um, I don't know how you describe the one really, as a, as a business incubator. Is incubator, that? yeah, I guess. Um, and where you get very, very clear on your niche. And I didn't really get that clarity on, actually, I should only be teaching business owning mums to write their own copy because there's a million copywriting coaches out there and this is the stuff that I live know and breathe I have been the mum trying to write her own copy I know what it's like to try and write when you've had two hours sleep the night before and you can't even put a sentence together and I know the guilt of trying to constantly balance family and looking after you know the laundry and writing your own copy and pitching your stuff and marketing and doing the Instagram stuff so I come at it from a very well I'm in it now it's not even like I've, I've gone through it I'm right in the guts of it now you know I was looking let me just I was looking at my whatsapp messages earlier and I'll just tell you so there's one from a friend who I'd asked if I could borrow her 
a video of her cuckoo clock for an Instagram post I'm doing about getting up early. The next one is a friend about the youth theatre group for our children this August. Um, The one after that is for a friend whose book I'm helping to write. The one after that is a class text about what's happening to someone's lost cardigan. So it's all this stuff is constantly coming at you so fast from so many different directions um, that I think it will be, I think it's a real service to help mums actually see the wood from the trees and get to write their own copy not just in a way that makes it okay or easy but in a way that they really get to express themselves and really love doing it it's a way of bringing themselves to their business fully um and like you just said earlier about motherhood being a superpower I think we're so used to this idea of motherhood making everything a bit sort of rubbish (laughs) or we lose a bit of ourselves during motherhood or that awful Cyril Connolly, you know, the pram in the, there is no more sombre enemy of good art than the pram in the hallway. He said that in the 1950s, 1960s. We're still taking that as gospel. That man said it to excuse his own terrible writing. <laughs> but this idea has taken hold that once you're a mum, you're not going to be able to produce anything creatively worthwhile or intelligent. Mm-hmm. And it's just not true. We've created a human being, most of the time using our own bodies. We can create any piece of writing or any piece of copy that we want, as far as I'm concerned. And so that really gets me going. That's what I love sharing this stuff with other mums. I can like, it's amazing. I can totally like feel your energy coming through when you speak. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, so before were you freelance before like did you do your own thing before that um I've always been freelance so I became a freelance journalist I just decided in my early 20s that that's what I wanted to do I didn't have any training I only did um GCSE English that's as far as I went but I decided I wanted to be a writer um and then the copywriting started quite soon after that a friend's boyfriend worked at a publishing company who needed something writing for I think it was the Sainsbury's magazine maybe um, and so the copyright and the feature writing really complemented each other. Um, and the great thing is that they're very they're not easy to do at all, but it's possible to do them while you've got young children at home because you can write at two o'clock in the morning if you need to. You can write on a Saturday or a Sunday and you get, I'm sure you feel the same, obsessive about their naps and doing the work <laughs> while they're sleeping. Thing. And you protect those naps as if they're gold, don't you? I mean, you really... Yeah. <laughs> the ring fence and that is it um but it's a good job because it means you don't have to go out of the house mm. to do it basically you can be home and you can do it so it lends itself quite well really that's so cool so I like the I guess the reflection for me there is like you, it's almost like your your business life then has evolved with along with your own journey through motherhood really yeah, as well totally. um it's- and now you're using like all the skills that you've picked up yourself through motherhood and integrating those in your your business life too. Yeah, well, I really don't have a choice. I mean, it wasn't like a, an intelligent thing to do. It's just the way that it had to be. So it's just sort of, yeah, that's what's happened, I guess. Yeah, I always feel sometimes that that's like the best way though, like using the stuff that... Um, I've shared this before, but somebody said something to me once that like really, really stuck. And they said that the thing it's the things that are like your your biggest talents are the things that come so naturally to you that you don't even think of as being like effortful in any way. And that's what it's like. That's what comes across through you. It's like all this stuff that you've you've learned anyway and you might take for granted. But like it's 
invaluable to other people who who don't know how to do it or haven't had the same experience so yeah I love that I love it oh thank you that's really really nice to hear because yeah you do just assume that it's you know it's not that big a deal really um you know it's I suppose I can't do maths and some people can't do their own copy it's the same thing isn't it it's what you know I guess Mm. so um yeah it was interesting to hear what you said about starting off with the the creative writing course and like what I gathered there from what you said was that people wanted them to use it for like a a purpose rather than doing it solely for themselves is that yeah yeah with the creative writing stuff is people love the idea of it but unless it's going to lead to a finished product like a book or a screenplay um then they're not so interested basically in paying for it because and I can sort of understand that because there's no end product and while I see the value of writing just for yourself because for me I mean that's the way I stayed sane throughout motherhood um it's quite difficult to get that message across to people who haven't experienced that for themselves you know things like journaling the mental health benefits of journaling I do it most mornings for an hour and it just makes me happy and I know that it can do that for other people but I think lots of mums feel guilty giving the time to doing something that doesn't actually produce something do you know what I mean? It feels oh, a bit yeah. too self-indulgent. Totally. totally. <laughs> I was I was curious as to whether that's that that's what you picked up on. And I think, yeah, I imagine that it's not it's not something like a unique um issue that you've come across. I think that as mums, like we often find it difficult to do things just for like just for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah, um, no, we do. And it's really yeah, I I wonder whether um like whether that is something that's exclusive to mums and why it's why it's become that way that we find it so difficult to have that the time off for things that are purely creative let's say because um I don't know things like going out for a run for example you sort of justify that you're doing exercise or let me think of something else even like like I find with myself even with my rest time sometimes I fall into the trap where the rest time even needs to be like productive rest you know like I need to be like meditating or doing or journaling or whatever and and like yeah I just whereas doing something that's like purely creative just for the sake of it I think we've sort of lost that in some ways yeah Yeah, it's so sad as well because it cuts a bit of ourselves off yeah. You know, I was listening to my daughter the other day. She's by herself in her room and she's making up a song. I can't remember what the song was about, but she was just singing her heart out about, it might have been saucepans or something, but just, you know, she was so in the moment, so happy, just so confident, you know, not worried about what anybody else is thinking. Mm-hmm. And that was lovely to see, you know, she just does it, but she's yeah. four. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, this has been my favourite part of motherhood, almost like, so I like it going out, you know, out in nature, I guess, with my sons and like seeing how they can really appreciate all the little things and just take yeah. time to like stop and study a leaf like it's like yeah. the most amazing leaf they've ever seen <laughs> so, like I think there's so, such like invaluable lessons for us there because yes. um, it's so easy to miss those things that really like that are the important things and 
I know myself, I lose, I lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah, oh, for sure. No, they're brilliant reminders, aren't they, our children, of what we should actually be paying attention to and what we should be prioritising. Yeah, so what, what do you, for the mums that you work with, what, yeah. what do you find, like, do you find there are common challenges, let's say? Yeah, time is the big one. I mean, that's a really big, obvious one is time. Even when it comes to copywriting, you're doing this for your business. It's how do you carve out meaningful chunks of time? And I think a lot of people think they can't do their own copywriting unless they have two or three hours to do it in. And it's just not true. Um, What I teach them is how to write things in 10 minutes, what to work on when you're waiting in the car. Um, I did a a very short post on Saturday morning when I was waiting for my daughter in her ballet lesson in the car. And my advice was buy yourself a TV dinner tray. So you carry that in the car with you. So whenever you're waiting for your kids to finish their sports clubs, you sit there with a pad or your laptop and you use that 10 minutes to attack a writing problem and not a nice writing thing, something you've been putting off, like an issue that you really don't want to do, a title that's not working or a blog post that's not quite right or whatever. And because you know there's only 10 or 15 minutes available to you, you do it. (laughs) Because you know you've only got to do it for 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. So it's no good for like long, loose, creative blog posts. You have to be very specific in what you work on. Um, so just things like that about using and optimizing those pockets of 10, 15 minutes, wherever they are in the day. And also changing the structure of your day and your week as well. That makes a huge difference. And just showing people how to do that. And the only way I know is because I've learned through trial and error. Mm. Yeah. And so for you, is that, do you still do the the early starts that you talked about? Yeah, I do. Um, I didn't do during half term because I think actually, if I'm not going to be working, I just want to enjoy being a mum and part of that is staying in bed till eight o'clock some mornings and letting the kids watch telly. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> we push really hard in term time um my we live in a boarding school on a school farm and so my husband works incredibly hard during term time and then holidays we sort of we relax a bit more you know it's not so frantic the whole time and I think we need that sort of balance of not working constantly like we do in term time during the holidays I'm just a nicer person if I do it that way I mean (laughs) I'm basically a cow unless I write (laughs) Well, I Unless think, I get that in. Yeah, I, I like I can I totally resonate with what you're saying. I think that um like there's a very different mindset between like knowing that you have dedicated quiet time every day. Um and maybe it's not as much time as you would like in an ideal world, but it's it's like your thing and you know it's there versus like always having to like snatch pockets of time if you know what I mean Um, yeah yeah no I do I'm evangelical about it about getting up to get that hour in the morning I get up at 5 40 so I can write between six and seven and like I say I don't do it all the time I don't do it all the time on the holidays but knowing that I have that is what keeps me happy because Mm. that is my hour of therapy I work out all the stuff that's inside my head and probably 99% of the time I will come to some sort of realization or conclusion after journaling for an hour, or I'll have a great idea for a story, or I'll put a few words together that I really like and enjoy. Um, But I don't always, often I don't feel like getting up that early, but I know on the whole, if I don't do it, then I am not the best version of me. And that's putting it in a really nice way. I'm grumpy and resentful that I'm not getting to do my thing and 
you know, generally I am very, very happy, but I know I am very happy because I have that hour to myself in the morning. Life just doesn't work as well unless I do it. I mean, not just when you're a mum, your mood affects your whole family. I mean, you have to take responsibility for that. And I don't want to be the grumpy, resentful mum who's blaming her family for not doing the things she wants to do. I mean, you've got to get out of yeah it's, there's so much and there's so much in there I think I love it because I think that doing it at the start of the day like I really feel like I know for me the way I start the day like specifically it sets the tone for yeah. the whole day and if yeah. I get up in that like the mindset of like lack and like oh it's like it's so I have to get up so early I have yeah. to do this I have to do that <laughs> like it then infiltrates throughout the rest of the day whereas yes. if you start with that spaciousness the creativity working through things whatever it is like it like clears like clears yes. your system it does like, and like it gives you like the fresh start to the day yeah it does um, and I think you're about two or three times I don't know if you find this about two or three times more productive during that one hour or block of time you have mm-hmm. it's worth so much more and you've already done your your stuff then by breakfast yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's done that's a good thing about doing it first thing isn't it yeah well that's yeah that's the other thing I was going to reflect on as like a business owner I find I'm so as a mum I'm just so so much more productive so I I used to have uh like a a side business I guess when I was working in my corporate job pre-kids and like even though it was a side business like I still you know I had like evenings and weekends like loads of time to spend on I just used to like like what I think now are the things I used to do (laughs) I spent hours and hours and hours and hours on like refining things and iterating and but never actually putting them out there whereas now I just don't have like the choice to do that and I just find it's like I don't have the time to sit and worry about it or like agonize over like specific words or things like that um, and it, it really like I think from a business productivity point of view it's helped mass like immeasurably like I can yeah. anticipate how much it's helped yeah. my productivity is just oh my gosh yeah it's amazing. Um, I would hire a mum now, wouldn't you? Yes. No. How yes. much stuff they can get done so quickly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so if there if there are mums out there who are listening to this and um like maybe you've given them a slightly different perspective on the time thing or um on either like copywriting or just running their own business in general like what would be what would be your advice to them and maybe taking the first steps towards getting going um the the interesting thing with the getting up early thing is people when they do it they love it but getting people to do it in the first place is like rolling a rock up a hill um especially mums who are knackered who aren't sleeping great anyway so it's fine and well for me to say, oh yeah, get up early and do an hour. But if you're not, if you, if that just makes you want to vomit, then there's no point me, you know, ramming it down your throat. So other things that you can do is stop being so intimidated by writing. I think we put writer, we don't maybe put all writers on a pedestal, but people who can speak perfectly well, 
they all of a sudden clam up when they're writing. And I always say, if you can speak, you can write. It's just coming out your hand rather than your mouth. But people get very, very self-conscious. And massively, what people say to me, what really holds them back is their GCSE English teacher. They are still there on their shoulder saying, too many exclamation marks, you spelt that wrong, that should have a capital letter. And that inner critic, which is partly them, but it is... It's so weird how often this happens. Maybe 70 or 80% of the time, it is that English teacher, either at school or university, who's criticising their work, is still there (laughs) and telling them that they're doing wrong. They don't want to do it wrong. People don't want to look stupid. People are so terrified of grammar and punctuation, you would not believe. That's what holds so many people back. They don't want to look like they're getting something that even school children are meant to know wrong and the absolute truth is I don't know everything about nobody knows what these rules are altogether I mean I've got a pretty good grasp, but I would never say that a piece of writing I'd produced was going to be perfect in the eyes of an absolute expert in grammar and punctuation nobody 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 and not least because nobody can agree on the rules so some people (laughs) will say that something's perfectly acceptable whereas others will say no that's that's not okay. Every grammar rule we have, not every grammar rule, but for many of them, there is an opposite rule or a different school of thought. So, um, sorry, that's going off on a bit of a tangent, but I do feel I was so shocked that grammar and punctuation stopped women from writing and stopped people from wanting to do their own copywriting. It comes down to looking stupid, I think. And there's a thing about writing that you've really got to be a little bit brave about it because you are putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself out there for criticism, for the whole world to read what you're writing. And that can feel really scary and really vulnerable. Um, And the great news is most people don't care. (laughs) It's not a big deal to anybody else. They'll read your thing and they'll forget about it. Or ideally, they won't forget about it. We'll keep it in mind and then they'll go and act on that. Um, but they are not analysing it to the degree that people think that they are. Um, so, I mean, my biggest piece of advice is just write, just get it out there. And you can edit crap. You can't edit nothing. So if you've written a first draft, the first draft of everything is meant to be crap. It really is. And you've got to get your head around that. It's not going to be perfect. It's going to be terrible. I've been doing this for 17 years. My first draft still made me want to cry sometimes when I read them back. You've got to start somewhere that you've got to get the ideas out. Um, is it Michaela Cole? Did she write I Will Destroy You? Bubblegum. Was that Michaela? Not that sure. screen. She's Not an amazing sure. screenwriter and she calls her first draft the vomit draft. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so true because you're vomiting up the words, you're getting them out. That's all you've got to do. That is your job is to get them out. You worry about the editing later, but it's the getting them out that that counts that gets you going you know that actually allows you to go and get your written stuff out there in the world really mm. yeah I think oh, like yeah I can definitely relate to so much of that I think that yeah what you said about going back to the you know GCSE English like I never considered English my strong point and it's funny that we would place so much judgment on ourselves for that like getting the punctuation right or the grammar right when actually like in business you know as as a like a the sort of voice of your brand it's I think it's much more important to speak like authentically and yes. express your own voice yes. and I would never 
I would never be judging other people based on their grammar punctuation, probably because I would never in a million years recognize if they had the wrong grammar <laughs> punctuation. Anyway, so like I suspect that most people who would be, you know, like attracted to working with me probably wouldn't notice either. Yes, no, so absolutely. You're right. It's like, yeah, you're right. We just there's there's a lot of mindset goes into it, isn't there? The things that that hold us back for fear of of judgment or or whatever it is and I think another thing about like creativity is that when you when you make something like in a creative process each person is perfectly entitled to their own opinion on it but their opinion isn't what makes it like good or bad it's just their opinion yes absolutely you know I guess that most of us probably aren't writing for like our GCSE English teachers are not our ideal clients anymore. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. I think if you can just write as you speak, and that is, like you said earlier, it's a mindset thing. What you're trying to do all the time is get yourself out your own way, get your mind out the way, get your little busy brain that's always going and criticising everything that you do, take it out the way. And the best way to do that is free writing. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm writing a product description for somebody or I'm writing the title of a blog for somebody or it's quite a specific short thing, I will still write by hand, um, just write for maybe half an hour, depending on how much time I've got available and just get the stuff out there. And it just shuts up that inner critic, your inner English teacher. It just stops them because you're just not paying any attention to them. You're literally, all you've got to do is move your hand across the page. You're trying to get your brain as far removed. There's a place for your brain. That place is the edit. But to begin with, you just free write whatever it is that you want to write, whatever blog that it is that's in your head or Instagram post, free write it. Go back later and edit. And that's when you engage your brain. But to begin with, it's literally moving your hand across the page. That's the best way to do it. Amazing. I love that. And like, that's what, it's like being in flu is all about yes. isn't it? Yeah. yeah absolutely and it's yeah. just a gorgeous state to be in as well if nothing else it's a really nice state to be mm. in yes yes exactly it's pleasurable isn't it enjoyable yes. fun um fab um so just before we wrap up I've got like two more questions for you the first is can you tell us what it's like to live on a uh, a, a, a farm is that how I would describe it yes yeah so it's a boarding school um my husband runs the farm of this boarding school it's 120 acres and it's a way of life that we've mostly done since we had kids actually we moved to our first school when my eldest was he was less than one he was about nine months old so it's really all we've known as a family is living in boarding schools and it's just, I sort of don't want to go on about it too much because it's like the world's best kept secret. <laughs> <laughs> but what happens is you have a house on the boarding school site and then you do extra duties because obviously it's not like a normal teaching world where everyone goes home at half past three. The kids have got to be looked after 24-7. So you'll have extra duties during the morning or at the weekends or in the evenings, which is what my husband does although because he's in charge of the farm he his are mostly with the animals so um for example on Sunday he was getting three um cows out of the garden of his boss that trampled his boss's beautiful basically croquet (laughs) 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 
and then he had to drive to somewhere an hour away to go and get an injection for a pig who or for, sorry for a sheep that was very ill and he brought the sheep back to our garden for me to look after it while he was gone and it's just like that the whole time and we've I've got my own horse um which I bought this year which is very exciting but so we've got this horse we've got two dogs a cat seven chickens of our own amidst all the sheep and the three cows and there's two pygmy goats and the students walk the pygmy goats like dogs. It's like a well-being activity. <laughs> it's just, most of the time, it's just chaos. I love it. I love it. What, a, like, what an amazing environment for your kids to grow up in. Yeah, well, we so both grew fun. up on farms. And that's what we wanted is that space and that sense of freedom. And everyone here, because it's a community, everyone knows our kids. So my young my middle child was very very adventurous as a toddler and he'd like run off on his bike but someone would always catch him before he got onto the road (laughs) do you know before something awful happened someone would always bring them back like a kid or a member of staff or it's a very nice place to be because you do have that extended family feel and I think because we've got the animals there's always people around and there's always something happening like you know the lambing my husband will be up most of the time with Mm. the sheep at night and then you have all the walkers and passers-by want to know what he's doing. And, you know, he's very involved in that way. And there's just always a drama or a crisis or there's someone where they shouldn't be. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, just... I love it. I love it. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? Life to integrate it and just get like, really nice. I'm sure it's extra rewarding passing on, like, learning to the kids yeah. as well. And, yeah. yeah. And a lot of the kids here, um, they don't understand about things like, the journey of meat and how where mm. meat comes from and I'm vegetarian I've been vegetarian since I was 11 my husband's a dairy farmer from Cavan so he's absolutely not a vegetarian <laughs> um but I love what he teaches the kids about well if you're going to eat meat you have to be responsible for the fact mm. that an animal had to die to have that Big Mac or whatever and so they teach them about looking after the animals but then they'll be sent to an abattoir come back the kids will make sausages from the meat they will um when they shear them they'll start knitting from the wool that comes from the sheep so they start to really get the whole life cycle thing about how to look after animals and really love them and be really responsible but then you know what to deal how how if you want to eat meat these are the things that have got to happen and it can be done in a kind respectful way um but that's something i automatically assume people know because i grew up on the farm Mm. um but so many people don't understand about you know about that particular cycle you know yeah yeah Yeah. it's so interesting so interesting and like what a way to experience it firsthand too yeah I mean, my kids are all bloodthirsty little <laughs> so and so. They cannot get it in fast enough. I keep trying really hard, <laughs> and they're not interested in being vegetarian. So, where where can we find you online? Um, Come and say hi on Instagram. So, I'm mother of I think mother underscore of underscore copy or mother of copy anyway um and it would be lovely to connect with people on instagram but yeah because i'm so totally behind with all my other bits and pieces um there is i'm afraid there's nothing else i shall um i'll tag your instagram account in oh braille thank you debbie i can highly recommend i love your instagram account like it's i love the entertainment value you put across it's just (laughs) i just i love 
I enjoy reading your posts so much. Oh, thank you. That is so and nice. I'm sure that um, they'll really resonate with, with a lot of people here. I love the like um, the authenticity that comes across, <laughs> in the, like the real life, <laughs> not <of> real life, <laughs> Hashtag, like real life, mum life, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fabulous! Well, thank you so much for your time, Helen. I really, really appreciate it, especially with with everything you've got going on. And yeah, this has been a fantastic conversation. Really, really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you. It's so lovely to be asked questions rather than the other. I mean, I can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Never get to talk about myself like this. (laughs) Thank you, Debbie. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Balancing Act podcast. If you'd like to connect with other working mums just like you, who are seeking more balance in their everyday, then come join us on the free Facebook community, The Balancing Act for Working Mums. If you've loved what you've heard, I would be incredibly grateful if you could rate and review the podcast on your favourite platform so that we can spread the word to all the working mums out there looking for more balance. Until then, I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode. Bye for now.